Hello and welcome to the Silver String Data Protection Show. Um, I'm Thomas Cowley and uh, with me today is Steve Miller, our CTO. Hello, Steve. Hi, Thomas. So we wanted to talk a little bit about how Silverstring and probably the wider industry fell in love with cloud for data protection um, because this has been a big change that we've seen over the past hmm, probably two years. People have started gradually moving towards it and if anything it seems to be ramping up. So we thought let's get that covered off, make sure people understand why other companies, other organizations are doing it, if they're considering it. And uh, so to do that really we just need to look backwards and think about well how was data protection delivered conventionally and what were the gaping holes, if any, that needed addressing and why have people gone for cloud and really fallen in love with it? So, uh, Steve, with your long and illustrious history in data protection, um, why are you seeing people falling for cloud? And hang on, let's just talk about how they've delivered it conventionally before we dive in there. Thanks, Thomas. Well, I mean, traditionally, data protection is one of those things that companies see as something they have to do, but they don't really give it much thought beyond that. So they might have um, a data center with a load of servers and the data protection is just an old application sitting on an old server at the end of the data center with a tape library that someone bought a couple of years ago and it just sits there churning away. Um, and if, they, you know, if they're running out of storage, they have to put a bit of extra capacity on it. If um, someone has to manage it, no one really knows what it does. No one really tests it to see how it's behaving. There's an upgrade cycle, but no one's really keeping on top of that. So it's just this ends up being this piece of hardware with this application on that everyone knows is really important, but no one really wants to spend the time making sure it's fit for purpose. And if it doesn't keep up with how the company is moving, how the business is moving, then it can end up not protecting as much as it needs to do. So conventionally, it's kind of been fit and forget, really. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, it's one of those things, you know, it's like a garden, isn't it? You have to water it to make sure that it keeps growing. And it, a lot of the time, you know, manufacturers have software release cycles and they will release new features in their software. And it's, that's as critical to data protection as it is to anything else. So operating systems get released you know, every year or so. Um, virtualization platforms, they have patch upgrades every couple of months. Backup applications are exactly the same. And if you sit there with an aging version of your software, it's not going to be protecting everything else that you've upgraded in the process. And this is something we, I think we've seen a lot of, especially with customers who aren't heavily engaged with us, or maybe they've had something on-premise for a long time. Quite often, you'll when you start investigating that and doing a bit of diagnostic work on it you find stuff that is out of support that is obsolete and i think for the conventional data protection packages this is something which has kind of caused a lot of i guess almost dissatisfaction with the level of protection people are getting from the data protection because you say it's fit and forget uh, and it just sits there in the corner does its thing so just to kind of dive in on the problems with that what what are the real pains that we see that people experience when they are in that mode of fit and forget? It's on site. It's on in in, in an on premise data center. So so, what are the kind of key things that you you would typically see, Steve, when you go into a customer? Yeah, well, I've already touched on a few of them, but I mean, I think the the refresh cycle that you have with hardware. So you, you've got to manage and maintain both the infrastructure and the 
software. So for instance, the new version of the software, which comes out every 18 months or so, might not have the same level of operating system support that your previous level, your previous version had. So to keep um, to keep your software up to date, you might have to upgrade the operating system. And to keep the operating system up to date, you might have to refresh the hardware. It's it's one of those cycles that again, if you don't keep on top of it, it can soon become unmanageable. And it's why people end up with old systems sitting there in the dusty corner of the tape library, not really backing up, not really protecting what it should be protecting. Doing that job, really. Um, So you talked a bit about um, the tape library in the corner, which is a bit of a sort of uh, truism in terms of people with tape libraries. I think two years, you mentioned, is um, rather underplaying it. Certainly I've dealt with tape libraries that have been over 15 years old. Um, And I think that what you will start to see, uh, and I've been into some uh, environments where they literally have multiple file safes full of tape, um, and that again, it's it's a lot of physical tape management. It's a lot of moving stuff around, and also they're bumping into physical constraints of having that many tapes on site. And again, where we have things on one site, you are at risk because you have everything that's being protected now, everything that was protected previously, which leads us into offsiting, which can be quite a costly addition. Um, something like an iron mounting type contract where you are needing to offsite that data. There's a lot of manual processes, um, tape handling. Uh, and I think this is something that we did here previously when we had an on-site data center. And I think you know, maybe it's worth just painting the picture of where Silverstring was ourselves, because it's one of those um, industry terms, dog food, uh, where we have very much gone down this route ourselves. So, Steve, how, how were we actually doing data protection within Silverstring before we moved to the cloud? Um, we we had an on-premise data center and we had an on-premise uh, backup server and it had a tape library attached to it and every day we would make an offsite copy of those um, of the data that was in the server and send it to our offsite storage company and then every six months or so we'd go to our third party provider and do a DR test using the tapes that were stored offsite. And you're right, there's a lot of manual process. I mean, you know, we only had three or four tapes a day but I've worked at companies where they might send 50 tapes off-site a day, where they say they've got 1,000 tapes sitting in their off-site vault, and they don't have an awful lot of control over what's sitting on those tapes because once a tape is sent to an off-site vault, it's out of sight and out of mind. Um, and, you know, the, the end product of a backup application is that disaster recovery. And... You know, you've got to get that data off-site somehow. So people will push out tapes or they'll do replication or something like that. But at the end game of it is they've still got to have that disaster recovery contract. So they've still got to be able to stand up that infrastructure somewhere else, do those recoveries. So, you know, it's it's almost a bit like the final piece of the jigsaw is how often do you test those recoveries? How do you know that the data you're sending off-site is fit for purpose? And certainly where you are doing that with many, many tapes. And as you said, you've know you you've been in environments where there have been 50, 50 plus tapes going off-site per day. It's a lot of manual handling, a lot of manual processes and a lot of manual intervention, which yeah. is all labour intensive, in, puts a lot of cost in and uh, means that you are in a space where you're kind of trapped into a cycle of doing things because that's what you do. Whereas actually the thing that you're interested in, which is the out- business outcome of all this, is the recovery 
recovery, which becomes very much secondary. Well, yeah, I mean, tapes can get damaged as well. So, you know, if you think about it, the more critical your data is to you, the more of that data there is, the more valuable each one of those tapes becomes. And particularly when you've you've had problems with capacity management on your backup application, so you've upgraded the tape library or you've moved from LTO4 to LTO5 or something like that and increased the capacity of each tape, that means that the risks of damaging one of those tapes becomes that much greater, doesn't it? Because that tape is storing that much more data. And, you know, tapes do get damaged. So the only time you find that out is when you go to that DR test because your, your off-site handler isn't going to tell you they've dropped a tape. Whether it's in a puddle or yeah. however uh, it's been damaged. Yeah, you know, it, it tends to it will tend to be happening where they just drop it when they're taking them out of the van or something like that. But they do get damaged, you know, and the only way you know that your data is sound if it's in an off-site tape library is by actually testing those recoveries. Absolutely. And so in terms of moving forward with how the data protections market or market has moved, obviously we've gone from tape to disk in a lot of situations, but that again means capacity management if you're doing this on site and replication on site, on site from site to site, uh, and then you've got to get it off site somehow. So I guess now this is the natural point at which we can start talking about the benefits of using cloud because as soon as you have moved away from tape for your data protection and you are on disk, you are in a position where you're actually able to easily move to cloud, whether it is entirely to cloud if you're moving everything into Office 365 and all of your applications into cloud or whether you're retaining that data center on site and doing a replica out to uh, to, to a cloud-based disk pool for the data that you're uh, you're protecting. So let's start talking about the, uh, the the benefits of moving to cloud and why we've fallen in love with it. Um, obviously, the data is already off-site. Um, you know, as soon as you have replicated out to the cloud, you've got that off-site resiliency, um, and it becomes far more portable. Steve, what's your experience of multiple multiple clouds and uh, where people are using different clouds to move that data around? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was going to say, Thomas, is that obviously there's there's the solution you've just outlined where you could have keep the backup application in on your on-premise data center. Instead of actually using the tapes, you could push the second copy out to cloud. Um, And that does get away from the tape handling um, it gets away from the delay so you know you might make that off-site copy for eight o'clock in the morning the van might pick it up at 10 o'clock in the morning it might be in your off-site vault by 12 o'clock whereas you know you can start sending it to your cloud destination whatever uh, you know six o'clock in the morning and it'll be there by eight o'clock so you've not got that sort of manual human process that is getting in the way um so, you know, and you can send it to any cloud. That's the beauty, isn't it? You know, if you've already, we use IBM Cloud because we're an IBM business partner, but there's absolutely no reason why if you, uh, you know, if you have another cloud of choice, you couldn't spin up a repository, either a backup server sitting in that cloud or S3 storage sitting in that cloud and make that second copy into that cloud. And then your data is already offsite. And you can do what you will with it. Absolutely. And once it's off-site, because it's going to cloud, mm-hmm. you're also in the position where there is no need for the second data center or a third-party colo um, for your DR tests. Well, that's yeah, so that's one of the other traditional problems, isn't it? So, um, you know, the solution to the tape problem has been that you could send a second copy to your second data center. 
But if you're a company that doesn't have that second data center, you know, you're not going to be in the business of having that data center. Or if you're a company that's got two data centers that are far too close together, you know, we've worked at companies that have got a data center on, you know, one side of a, a location somewhere in a city and then half a mile away, they've got their second data center. And realistically, both those days, if something were to happen to one of those data centers, it'd probably affect the second one as well. So if you want to get a offsite location without having to provide and have the logistical nightmare of that second data center, then why not push it out to cloud? Absolutely. And pushing it out to cloud is also going to nix an awful lot of those manual processes that we're talking talked through already. Um, so that means reduction of workload on the IT personnel. It means that they're not having to do repetitive manual tasks. They're involved with more value-added stuff rather than just repeating the cycle of moving the tapes. And the only thing that we're looking for, as you said, is the outcome of DR. Yeah, I mean... The, the other thing is as well, so we've talked about um, off-siting to cloud, but you can obviously use cloud as your backup destination. So you might have either workload on-premise or you might have workload in the cloud and you could back that up into the cloud anyway and then just replicate it off to a second cloud, whether it's in the same provider or if it's a different provider, but in a different geography. Um, but the, one of the benefits of that is, you know, we've already talked about the complications of the... Um, product life cycle so every couple of years you have to upgrade the product so you have to replace the OS so you might have to replace the servers well if you're in the cloud it's a lot easier to do that than it is to go out and get quotes for extra servers that you then have to procure and that you then have to install and then you then have to cable it's much too complicated if you've got that in the cloud you can just go you know what I now need a Windows 2016 server um, I'm going to get that. I'm going to install the new version of my backup application onto that server. I'm just going to push all the data across and you've done it without any complicated hardware configuration. Um, and that is one of the beauties of cloud. It's so much easier to make changes. It's so much easier to do stuff non-disruptively. Um, and you know that's why I think people will be moving those backup applications into the cloud if they've not done it already. And it's the kind of thing you can do very simply with only like a month crossover between having those two servers live and moving everything around to make sure you are in a position where you only are paying for what you're using at that point. Yeah, consumption based. It's, it's you know it that's the key sense. to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, just to summarise this, can I, I think, mention can I mention one more thing? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so disaster recovery. So we've talked about. Um, you know, having a disaster recovery, a traditional disaster recovery provider where they're sitting there, um, you, you go there at six months of every year, sorry, you go there every six months for a week and, you know, rebuild your environment from your tapes. But obviously, if your data's sitting in Azure or AWS or IBM Cloud, then you can spin that workload up in Azure or AWS or IBM Cloud. So, you know, DR tests, you can do them as frequently as you want. You only pay for what you're using rather than paying somebody for the privilege of being there when you need them. Um, so it's far more agile, far more flexible. And again, it's usage-based consumption. So you pay for what you use. Again, it's the best of both worlds. At least two worlds. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that was very, very worthwhile bringing out there. Um, so let's, let's get to summarizing this. Um, and I think the things that we've talked about that are really key here are the ease of the portability of the data so it can be moved 
really easily. Um, it's uh, generally deduped and compressed as well, so uh, you've got less data to actually move. Uh, second one is the reduction in costs, because as we talked about, you're only provisioning the infrastructure that you need when you need it. The only thing you've got there is uh, the disk store for the data, which is backed up. Uh, and then the third thing really is uh, making data protection more simple. So you're removing manual processes, you're making things flow more easily in an automated fashion. You can have more confidence in being able to get that data back. So um, if you're considering putting some of your data protection in the cloud or all of your data protection in the cloud, uh, you want to talk to people who've dealt with this sort of scenario before, please don't hesitate to get in contact with us. Um, talk to our engineering team who are able to provide you with a solution which will fit your needs as they are now and also look after them in the future. Um, thank you very much for listening. This is the Silver String Data Protection Show. We've been talking about why we fell in love with cloud for data protection. Mm-hmm.